Welcome into another episode of Mic'd Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2022 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They're the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. Definitely check them out if you haven't already. A loaded show today. We're finally going to talk about some basketball. We're going to do a little bit of a Tell the Truth Tuesday. Uh, Big Country, I don't know if you have anything lined out that you want to tell the people about me for Tell the Truth Tuesday. or uh, I don't really know where to start right now because there's just so much. But I'll leave it till the end of the show for today. I actually struggled to come up with some today. And then, like, honestly, within the last 10 minutes, I'm like, oh, I could tell that one. I need to think of one more as we go. Because the two I have, actually, no, I don't. I just remembered it. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I told you yesterday I created a whole list Uh uh, over the weekend. And I was like, don't forget these. And there was the one that I didn't write down. And I was like, gosh, dang it. Just yeah. because I, it's like the same thing as me putting something in a place where it's like I don't forget it, and then I forget where that unforgettable spot was, and I've lost that item. Like well, there was one time I was in high school, I found a wallet with eighty dollars in it because I was like, I got an old wallet, I'm gonna get a new one, I'm gonna try and save my money, and then I completely blanked out that I had saved money. So when I randomly decided to clean out my drawers one day, like dresser drawers, excuse me, cleaning it up was, your <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, <clears throat> Look at this! I was like, "Oh, that's my old wall." And I open it up. I'm like, "Oh shit, <laughs> going out to eat tonight." <laughs> Screw your fried chicken, mom. <laughs> I used to hide money in the back of my uh, cell phone, uh, like uh, protector or whatever. Your phone case? Phone case, yeah. Thanks. That's what it's called. <laughs> cell phone protector. <laughs> I'm my Insurance? own cell phone protector. Uh, I used to hide funny. Fuck me! I used to hide money in my phone case so people wouldn't find it. But one time I had like a significant amount of money. In I was going to say, you just got a big old lump in the back of your phone? Yeah, it was like over $100 <laughs> that I'd just kind of forgotten about. Like, And then I, it started to get lumpy. It looked like I had a condom ring in my phone case, but it was always ready. Not a bad idea. <laughs> I know no. that's tacky, but safety first. Absolutely. Loaded show today, though. <laughs> yeah. A lot to tell the truth. Loaded. Probably a lot of randomness because we've already started down that path. So I that feel like I just – I almost have the giggles from being tired. And I told I, you right before we hopped on, I took Z-Quil last night. Oh. And it I, – I think the effects are still here. And then I just mixed in a little bit of coffee. No ice today because I'm an idiot. <laughs> you went on a whole rant yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I'm coffee. aware. And I took a sip out of this hot coffee that I made with a Keurig in our little kitchen area. Burnt the roof of my mouth. So I'm a little pissed at myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just when I decide to try and maybe mix it up. Tough show. Tough show. I can't I can't do <laughs> Hey, hashtag tough guy. Stuff. You know what I mean? That's just me. I'm gonna I'm willing to do whatever I gotta do. What were all the hashtags you had yesterday for coming into work? <laughs> hey, I thought that was actually really good. Uh hashtag <laughs> you have such a tough job. They're like construction <laughs> workers listening to our podcast. I'm like this motherfucker woke up at like eight thirty. Hopped in his car that's in a parking garage. I gotta make sure I don't hit Drove a column as I back <laughs> four out. Four blocks to work. Tell the truth Tuesday. You drive here and you Bruh, You a- fucking snitch. <laughs> <laughs> Walking distance. Dude, I've I've put in some serious thought on getting like an electric scooter. Just hopping on that bad boy, but I just 
I feel like I would have to like go somewhere else and like let's say I'm like oh, I'm gonna get a coffee this morning. I can't roll up to the coffee shop on a fucking scooter. It's on the way. You walk. <laughs> <laughs> I should walk, but then it was like I think I'm gonna walk. It's raining or it's freezing cold, and I was just like, ah, guess I can't today. Take the old Kia. <laughs> Right. I wonder how many miles I would save if I just walked. Oh my gosh, I, I two. I'd I save two miles on my car. But yeah, you, I mean, you would save um, about three miles every week on your car. Well, uh, tell the truth. Tuesday, I was going car shopping like a month ago, and I go in thinking I'm going to get a great deal on the car, and this guy's like, "Yeah, it's a little, it's a hybrid version of a Kia Optima, so like, it'll mainly just run on the battery, and then kind of once you reach 22 miles." On the battery, like if you're going a long ways, then it'll convert itself back to get, like, then it just, you're using gas to travel. And I was like, all right, cool. And he started telling me a story that the, one of his buddies' wife had just bought the car and she lives close to the office. And so the car is just always running off the battery, which is great. She's not ever using gas. He's like, they probably fill up on gas every six months because she's just driving in town like this. But you have to make sure you at least make sure you're running the car on gas or it'll probably just, kind of shut out after a while if you just have gas sitting in the car that long. I was like, that's exactly what would happen to me if I purchased this car. Now, I did not purchase the car. I walked out. I told them the deal that I wanted. They decided to be like, ah, can you go like $50 over? I said, nope. Thank you for your time. Shook their hand and walked out. Yeah. I playing them games. No games. That's why Wait for I them to call go. me back. They haven't. So that one didn't work. But that's it's why all right. I always go to Roper <laughs> Kia. No games. Used to code mic'd up 10. Exactly. Nope. That's man's. Nope. That's. Miners in Monroe, am I high today? No, I'm not. Am I still feeling the effects of marijuana? I don't know, but I'm just, my brain is done for today. <laughs> I need a break, and I'm not getting one for a while. Do you know who is getting a break I for a while, though? Who? That's Kyler Murray. Yeah. Because they Murray. played awful last night. And I will tell you, it was very exciting for me. I loved every second of it. I really did. I I was hard on Cliff Kingsbury and... Kyler Murray both for a very long time. There for a while, it looked like I was going to be wrong. Now here I sit atop the throne. That's where I am. Kyler Murray struggled very bad last night. And I am actually, uh, I don't know who's more to blame. I don't know if this is a Kyler Murray problem. I don't know if it's a Cliff Kingsbury problem. But they both, I think, are on the hot seat. Kyler Murray was the number one overall pick, so I think he's got a little bit more of a leash there. Cliff Kingsbury, I would not be surprised if he's fired. Well, there was a report last night that the owner, uh, his name has slipped my mind. I think he's like the owner, not the general manager because that's kind, but like president of operations, whatever, yeah, was upset with uh, Kingsbury last year after they fizzled out at the end of the season. Like he made it very clear it was just like, okay, hey, Bidwell, thank you, Brooks, appreciate it, um, that he was not happy with how the season ended. And they wanted it to be better. So I think he was probably pretty excited at the start of this season as they're just rolling off, you know what I mean, undefeated, playing great, and all of a sudden things just kind of started falling apart. And I think Cliff Kingsbury is very close to being fired. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the next coach fired. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised too. Uh, I think that would bring the total to like nine head coach openings. Yeah. But even with Kingsbury, I never understood the hire. I know a lot of people have come to his defense, but I never understood it. I mean, he was a guy that struggled at Texas Tech and was fired from that position. It's not like he left and said, oh, I want to go be the offensive coordinator for USC. He was fired and looking for a job. And then the Cardinals 
hired him. I think part of it was that there was a relationship there with Kyler Murray already through the recruiting process and things. Um, but I, I've been kind of waiting for the day that it would end. I, I know that sounds really shitty and petty of me, but I like to be right. And um, we'll see what happens. I think that would be an attractive job for a lot of head coaches. They've got a lot going on for them. Uh, I think the GM does a pretty good job. Uh, I think the owner uh, definitely wants to win. I don't know how many owners in the NFL actually care about that. I think for some of them it's a, hey, I want to go make money. Uh, This is a business opportunity for me. But I think with the Cardinals, they do want to win. And I I just don't know if Kingsbury is the guy who's going to get it done. Kyler Murray, maybe. Even with Kyler Murray and his struggles, I I think you can point back to Cliff Kingsbury and say, what are you doing to develop this guy? Because I really don't know that he's improved. In the no. league, and that's why I don't think I, I think Kyler Murray should should be quite like if we're questioning Baker Mayfield, and this is not their ties to where they went to college, it's not at all. But if we're questioning Baker Mayfield's development and what he does different to help the team, why are we not doing the same thing with Kyler? Because anytime you get in these big moments like this, it feels like he doesn't come through. And I know we have the hell Mary, I know we have the scrambles; those are great. Hell Mary got lucky on. We can all agree on that. Like you're you're not hitting on those in a positive percentage. Nobody is. But like when it comes to games and you get into certain points of the season, it's like you look at Curry and think Kyler Murray, excuse me, and things just start to fall apart. And it did this playoff. Like they just the nothing he did was working. And some people might be like, well he didn't have DeAndre Hopkins. You can't run an entire offense through one receiver. Like you have studs everywhere. AJ Green had eight touchdowns this season, almost a thousand yards receiving. Like that's another good receiver. You have Zach Ertz. That's a tight end. Well, you a have multiple running backs that can well catch the ball. Yes, without their number one receiver. So, and if like your quarterback is good, contingent on having an amazing receiver, he's not good. Yeah, that's a quarterback problem, not a, a team building problem. Because I like guys like Christian Kirk. He's a good receiver. AJ yes. Green, like you said, had a very good season. And then you've got some other guys in there. Rondell Moore was a, a pretty good rookie receiver. So that mm-hmm. receiver room's still very good. I know it's not DeAndre Hopkins, and he is still a very good receiver in the league. But you've got to be good without him. Yeah. I mean, again, if he's not, that goes back to the coach. Like, why isn't your quarterback good? He's got weapons around him. The offensive line, I feel like the offensive line is good enough. It yeah, I mean, not it's nothing. Great, but I don't think it's, like, terrible. It's nothing great. It's a lot better than what it was three years ago, that's for sure. But at the same time, it's like you look Kyler, you look at Kyler during the game, he's holding on to the ball too long. Like, you got to get that thing out of your hands. You're in the playoffs, and you have Aaron Donald on the other side and Vaughn Miller. You can't sit there for five seconds and hold the ball and then go scramble around. They're just as fast in terms of quickness at that distance to catch you. The pick six that he threw last night, I think, is one of the dumbest plays I've ever seen. Oh, awful. Atrocious. It's just I, a... I tweeted it out last night. Like Everybody gives Dan Orlovsky shit, and he does a very good job of like just taking it and realizing it for his run out of the back of the end zone for a safety thing. Mm-hmm. To be in that situation where Kyler Murray was and to throw that ball like he did, you've got to know better. Like, I, I mean, You would think, honestly, that you would. But I don't know what's going on in your mind. And I think I saw someone tweet yesterday that uh, Spears was watching the game and was like, what in that Carson Wentz is that? <laughs> and it was like, that's a perfect example. Right. I think Booger said it at halftime. Yeah, maybe like, that's what, what I saw. What in the Carson Wentz did he just do? No, or pull the Carson Wentz. It was so bad. But I do worry about 
Kyler Murray and like what's going to happen with him. I think he's still good. I know there were a lot of jokes last night and I was getting in on it too because <laughs> I think it's funny about him like playing baseball. I even yeah. put out a poll like in five years, what is Kyler Murray doing playing football or baseball? He's probably still playing football. He's pretty good at it. But I, I think we were quick to anoint him and Cliff Kingsbury as like, or even like the term like offensive guru or offensive mm. genius gets thrown around. Or like I a terrifying duo. Yeah. It just it looked <laughs> bad. I don't think you can win a Super Bowl with Kyler Murray as your quarterback. I, I it would take a lot of players around him. I think you can win a Super Bowl with most quarterbacks, but with him it, it's gonna take one hell of a defense. And honestly, probably a running game. Um I don't know that he's the guy that you can just put out there and say, Okay, go gunsling it. We're going to win games yeah. with you. I don't, I don't think that's the case. But I feel like that's what you need in the playoffs at times. Like you yeah, need you a quarterback need a that, that can throw over. the football. Or even with Matt Stafford, he didn't like take over or dominate the game last night. But he was very good. Yes, efficient. Now he has some amazing receivers and talent. But um, yeah. I, I think that the coaching staff is also starting to realize with Matt Stafford, hey, we need to balance this out. <laughs> yeah. So even like I just said with Kyler Murray, he's – he probably needs to take over the game, but he can't. Matt Stafford might actually be the same way. I did feel pretty happy seeing that uh, Odell and Stafford connected on a touchdown kind of in the corner of the end zone because I feel like that was something I pointed out uh, yesterday when we talked about it in last week uh, in terms of picking our playoff games was, hey, this is about the time that we can see that real connection between Odell and Matthew Stafford kind of start to blossom, and I felt like we saw that last night. And it also goes back to... Odell was never the problem in Cleveland, and he yeah. was never the problem in New York. I he was to the apologize of the to football. Odell Beckham Jr. I thought that he was probably done for in the league. It and kind of felt that way. Like he could go somewhere and be a number one receiver. Um, I know. I think it was Lewis Riddick last night that said that he was like one A, one B with Cooper Cup. I'm not going that far, <laughs> but I do think he could go somewhere. And be a true number one receiver. He's got to mm-hmm. stay healthy. That's That has been a problem for him in the past. But I, I think he's still got it. He's still athletic enough. And he's still good enough to go do it. But I, I, I do need to apologize. For some reason, I supported Baker Mayfield. I was on his side of that whole <laughs> deal. That just um, goes to show I can put my bias aside and be wrong about things. <laughs> but Odo Beckham was one of those. He does not look like a distraction at all. Mm-hmm. He's looked very good on the field. I mean, he's seen targets even with uh, Cooper Cup out there. Yeah, That's hard to do. Van Jefferson's been very good as well. I do wonder if the Rams find a way or try to find a way to pay him. That's what I was going to ask you is do you think he can find a way to stay in L.A. or is he going to not necessarily chase money but go somewhere where he can get paid more and be in a good quarterback and have a position where there's a good quarterback throwing him the ball? I think he can definitely stay. They'll welcome him back. I don't. I think he could go somewhere else and get money, though. Yeah. And maybe, I mean, I don't know. The Rams are weird. They do a very good job of messing with the salary cap and finding ways to keep their guys and get them paid. Jalen Ramsey. I mean, the other thing, like, can you keep on Miller, too, defensively? I mean, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Vaughn Miller. Like, I know you got lucky that I don't know if it's his last year on the deal, but the fact that. You know, you're able to even afford that, and I know because he played a majority of the season in Denver, they're able to take some of that cap hit. Yeah, but... and it was the same with Odo Beckham. I think the Browns were paying yeah. most of his money mm-hmm. as well. So, 
which how much of that comes off the books and how much can you put back on the books in terms of signing either one of those guys? And I think for both of them, it probably really it comes down for how close the Rams get. You yeah. know, if they get to an NFC Championship game and they're really close, or if they get to a Super Bowl and even win it, mm-hmm. maybe they do say, yeah, I'm going to come back for one more Let's chance. do this Like again. we saw, with, you know, some of the Buccaneers, like Chris Godwin, like, no, I'm going to I'm gonna come back. I'm going to sign that franchise tag. I'll be here. He's probably going to leave this offseason. Yeah. But I, I do wonder. And I do think Odell wants to win. Who would you would you welcome Odell to Kansas City if he in the off season? Oh, of course. I just I would wonder about that money. Yeah, Payne. I mean, he's going to be a number two receiver in Kansas City. He's going to be a number three target. I was going to say, yeah, you're going to pay him eighteen mil to be a number three target. And then you're looking at Tyreek Hill being like, huh, we're probably going to have to pay you more. But at the same time, they did pay Sammy Watkins sixteen million because they knew they desperately needed a receiver, and they're in that position again. Maybe it was fourteen mil, but. Yeah. I think Still. that was a little different, though, because they were paying him to be the number one receiver. That's true. They weren't paying him to come in and be like, hey, I want you to be the number two target. They desperately needed a number one receiver, so kind of overpaid for him. And then he ended up being the number two, mm-hmm. some kind of. <laughs> two so, receiver, three target, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. As far as other teams go, I still think the Ravens are a very attractive landing spot for a receiver. Is it, though? I, yes and no, I, because you are going to be the number one guy there. Like number you're going to be, there. you're going to be possibly on a winning football team, but you're not going to get the amount of targets that you want in the past. It's not going to be a pass heavy offense. Yeah, but I mean the options of like where to go that do have a good quarterback that are they are going to throw the ball. Yeah, there are not many of them around. Most uh, I'd say most teams probably already have their guy. If you have a quarterback, you probably have your go to. Receiver. Like teams that are good. Buffalo, yeah, Stephon Diggs. Mm-hmm. The Bengals have a shitload of talent. <laughs> so many targets. The Titans, they're good. They have two receivers, though. Yeah. The Chargers have two good receivers. So even looking out west, the Broncos have good receivers. I was thinking maybe like San Francisco. You're going to have Trey Lance come in. I don't know how much money they have. You're moving on from Jimmy. Yeah. Then you're going to have George Kittle, Debo Samuel. I know Brandon Ayuk is there as well, but like, I feel like if you have Odell added to that, you can do so much more with Debo if you wanted to. Looks like you the don't want to pay Ayuk, one of the bottom teams in terms of cap. In terms of cap, hey, uh, <laughs> the Colts—they have one receiver. They have legitimately one target, yeah, but they have no quarterback. <laughs> That's in terms of them moving on from Wentz. Yeah. Anything I say about here on out from the Colts is with the thought in mind that Carson Wentz is no longer the starting quarterback. Right. As, as yeah. it should be. <laughs> I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what does happen with Odell Beckham. I really would not be surprised if he just goes back to L.A. Maybe they find a way to pay him, or maybe he takes a little less money to stay there. Well, here's a good stay. point. You can stay in L.A. but play for the other team that's there, the Chargers, and you get Justin Herbert. Mike Williams is a free agent. We've seen him battle injuries. This was his one good year that he's had, so he might be chasing money elsewhere, and Keenan Allen is getting older. Straight from the mouth of Brooks Gwynn, thanks for sliding in the DMs with that good take. Yeah, it definitely could happen. And Robert Woods is coming back off of injury. So with mm-hmm. the Rams, like, I'm not going to pay him. I have Cooper Cup. He's good. Yeah, getting Robert Woods back, have Van Jefferson. So unless Odell wants to come back on a pretty cheap deal, I'm probably just going to let him walk. Not that like I would be excited about it, like oh we don't need you, but you do have to look at 
teams only have so much money to spend. Mm-hmm. This isn't the NBA or baseball where it's a little bit looser. I, I think a lot of teams even break it down by position. Like, this is what we can pay this position group. Yeah. That's how you break down your budget, budget excuse me, your salary cap. <laughs> yeah. That's so I just it. don't know if it's going to be a fit for Odo Beckham with the Rams. It is on the field. I don't know if it is contractually. And, you know, another team that's making moves, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. They fired Mike Mayock yesterday. I was pretty, I was pretty surprised by this. I had, uh, I thought that he would get another year for us to see what he can do with the draft. And yeah. I don't know. Maybe now we can put the rumor to rest. The rumor was always that John Gruden handles the first round of the draft, and he kind of gets to decide who he wanted. Notably bad in the first round. One hundred percent. I mean, I awful. Almost a one hundred percent bust rate. <laughs> From the Gruden era. I but like when the, you start to look at the other later rounds of the draft where allegedly Mayock was handling that, it really wasn't too bad. They found some pretty good players in the draft. And so I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with Mayock either. Is he going to try to look for a different team? Is he going to go back to the media? A lot of options for him as well. And he was with NFL Network, correct? Yep. I feel like with the Raiders, they're just – I don't know the right word here, so please help me out if you think of it. It just – they just something bad happens and they immediately react in a negative way. Yeah. And it's just like immediate, like we got to start all over. Yes. It's just an overreaction of it. And it's just like, you lose to Cincinnati and it's like, Oh, well we didn't have green. It's like, you just forget all the adversity that you had faced and overcome as a team. And then you moved on from Gruden, who might've been the issue with the draft in the early rounds. And then you have Mayock. who's like, okay, Hey, this is going to be my next year. And it's like, actually, we're just going to bring in a new head coach and a new general manager. Why not let Mayock just actually get to be a general manager for a change and not deal with a head coach who wants to be a general manager and make all these calls? And I wonder what this means for your guy, Derek Carr. New coach, new GM. He gone. You got a, a quarterback that doesn't have that much time left on his contract. I wonder if they find a almost like a, a Matt Stafford thing with Carr this year. Like, 100%. Hey, you know, we're we're kind of both at the end of our road here. You're trying to maybe rebuild, it looks like, with a new coach and new GM. Let me go somewhere else. Send me to Indianapolis. I can take that team to the playoffs. Um, so I do wonder. I, you've been kind of calling for him to be traded or let go for a couple of years now. This might be. This go might to be a better easy. opportunity is really what I was kind of hoping for with him. And they pick at 22 right now. That's locked in. Do you think you can get a quarterback? Let's say they do move on from Derek Carr. They're clearly hiring a new coach and a new general manager. You move on from Derek Carr. Can you get a quarterback in this draft at pick 22? Like, we know they're not going high, but, you know, with the Senior Bowl still coming up, the NFL Combine, a lot of these guys' stock might rise to be up in the top 15. But can you still get someone right here at 22? I mean, you can get someone at 22. That could be a day one starter, I should say. Yeah, I don't know that you can get somebody that's better than Derek Carr at 22. Yeah. Which – might sound crazy. I know a lot of people don't really like him, and he made some mistakes, but this is not a strong quarterback class. Yeah. I, guys are going to be overdrafted because of the position, and I wouldn't be surprised if somebody goes top five from the quarterback spot just because they are quarterbacks. But I, I don't know. I don't know that I would want to risk it. Maybe you can – if you're letting go of Derek Carr, then you are saying, like, let's really blow this thing up, I think. And that's when I started to feel bad for, like, Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. and yeah. Josh Jacobs. Like, there's yeah. a, they made the playoffs. 
Yeah. Playoffs. They, they're the number two team in the AFC West. Like They're better than the Chargers. You can't yeah. argue it. As much as we like to look at the Chargers and be like, oh, they have this, they have that. Raiders beat them. Yep. They are better than the Chargers this year. So I don't. I don't quite understand it. I also don't quite understand Mark Davis's haircut. So there's a lot going on there. How has no one gone up to him and been like, hey, like, as a friend? Because he makes too much money. He's got a lot of yes guys around him. They're like, you know what, Mark? That's a fantastic haircut. So much better than what your dad did. White jumpsuit again today? Awesome look. (laughs) I don't get it. But I I also wonder how many GMs or head coaches are like, yep, want to work for that guy. I heard he's barely making any money here. Want to work for you? That's though. what I was going to say. Like, those are the horror stories of, like, do the Raiders even have money? Like, oh, they have this cap space. Like, do they, though? They've got a really nice stadium, but, a, again, kind of like a rumor and allegedly situation is that he's the poorest owner in the NFL. And thank and you, the, Jerry Jones, for that stadium. Right, and the, even some of, the, like, the free agents and stuff, that they don't have the money to sign some of these guys. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the deal with, was it Khalil Mack? We're like, oh, we kind of got to get rid of him because we yeah. can't. And that was part of the deal with Gruden taking the job. Was like, hey, we're we're gonna have to move on from Amari Cooper and Khalil Mack. Yeah, we can't afford them, right? Because you you have to have that money available. You can't just be like, ah, we have that salary cut money, we can spend it. You actually have to have it on hand. (laughs) It's not a credit. (laughs) Yeah, it's not make believe. It's not monopoly. This isn't Madden football. You got to have that money in an account somewhere that says, yep, we're good for it. And the Raiders don't a lot of times. So I don't, I don't know what's going to happen there. I I guess maybe you do blow it all up, but you have such a good young roster there. Darren Waller even, like, it's pretty good. Offensive line's not terrible. It needs a little bit of help, but I they started to address it. Guys like Leatherwood. Do you just trade everybody away? I mean, you'd almost have to. Most of them are on rookie deals. Yeah. So I don't I don't know what they're – Thinking is, or maybe just, they're thinking, let's blow it up. Let's get a young coach, a new GM, and a new quarterback in here. And most of these guys are young. We'll win with a rookie quarterback contract. We'll just go another five years. I mean, maybe you just go like open house replacement style. Or it's like we get rid of all these guys, we can clear up money, and we just bring in guys that want redemption. And you get like, I guess a Carson Wentz, a quarterback who is needing redemption to be better than he ever has been, I guess, and then any other receiver after that. Like, I feel like that's just what the Raiders have been anyways. So just kind of fully lean into that and then build up money so you can afford to go get some big guys in free agency and then hit on players in the draft. I don't know. I feel like I look at the Raiders, and I did it this offseason heading into the year, and I was like, I really don't know what they have to be excited about. Like, I don't know what pieces they have that are going to help them win. And then they roll off enough wins to get to the playoffs, and they beat Chargers at the end of the year. Despite like, a lot of adversity. Exactly, and it's like, and we're here. And as much as we say the Raiders are going to Raider, they Raider well, plenty this that. year. I don't say that. Yeah, sorry to include you in the we there. But like, <laughs> Please don't speak for me. <laughs> the Raiders I did. I like Carson Wentz. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But the Raiders did pr- plenty of Raidering this year. And the thing is, like, they still found a way in the playoffs, like we've said. Just how do you go off of it from here? How do you how do you get better enough to maybe win the division and win a playoff game? Because there's one thing about it, you can get to the playoffs. It's just can you win when you're there? In, in the AFC, it's, that's tough. Yeah. And it's tough to do. But they did. They made the playoffs this year. So without their head coach. And I, I believe that Basachi's gone too. I, he did a good job. But I, I think they're going elsewhere to try to get their head coach, which they probably should. I mean, it's a cool story. 
you did enough to get your team to the playoffs, but I do think that that moment was maybe a little too big for him. Yeah. Just watching week 18, I thought, yep, that's the guy that's probably not ready to be a head coach. <laughs> maybe a really good assistant coach. He's like about to piss his pants. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, oh, you're, you're going to take the tie. Okay. Uh, which I was rooting for, uh, so I can't shit talk on that one. But I, it will be interesting to see what happens with uh, Derek Carr and the Raiders. And Mike Mayette, too. I, I really am interested in following that storyline. Does he stay in the NFL? Does he get another job? Or does he go back to the NFL Network? I'm not a big like NFL Network guy. I don't think they ever replaced him. I thought they brought Daniel Jeremiah along. They're like, hey, you're going to do more now. But it used to be Daniel Jeremiah and Mike Mayock. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of miss Mayock covering the draft. Like, specifically the combine. I thought he was so good at that. Yeah, he was good in the media. I uh, I didn't have the NFL net, Network for the longest time, so I didn't watch it. But I've heard other people say, like, yeah, they liked him or whatever. I would follow yeah. his stuff online. Every once in a while, I would see it. But I, he could get another look in the NFL. I mean, if he gets another interview and is, you know, can prove, like, hey, by the way, Gruden was making those picks in the first round. <laughs> I got picks two through seven. Cleveland, <laughs> Cleveland Farrell didn't want him. That's why we took Max Crosby later in the draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't know. Maybe he goes to Minnesota with old uh, Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, a lot of a lot of buzz about old Eric Bieniemy this time around. Uh, and for his sake, I do hope it's true. I I feel bad for him because I think he does get strung along so much every single year. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, and honestly, I think a lot of people just look at him and say, "You're a black coach coaching candidate." Rooney, come Rowe. interview here, yep. so we can say, "Yep, check that box." We got to talk to a guy who's the offensive coordinator with Andy Reid, picked his brain a little bit, tried to figure him out, but he was never really a candidate for the job. It's like I, when Michael Scott interviews and <laughs> David Wallace has to tell him, no, you were never in serious consideration. That's Eric Bieniemy. I think this year, though, with the Vikings, it might be a little different. It sounds that way. Because I, I kind of – I sorry to interrupt there. I kind of like the fit for him in Minnesota. I don't know that I've ever heard his name of, like, he's the favorite for this job. Yeah. It's always he interviewed for this job. And then it's always a boring interviewer. You hear the kind of behind-the-scenes stuff, and you're just like, that doesn't make any sense. I never believed any of it. If he somehow does land this Vikings job and they come out and just like, oh, he's great in the interview, da 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 I'll be like, yeah, that's the Eric enemy I know. And am I just me being a Chiefs fan and being biased? But, like, listening to him speak in the media and, like, the way the players talk about him, I don't understand how someone could be like, this guy did awful in the interview. Yeah, but I, I think that NFL people interviewing you and asking you X's and O's question versus yeah. some reporter that just thinks you're friendly, big difference. That's a good point. It's like, hey, can you explain this offense? Yeah, well, oh, you're actually... responsible for the offense? Tell me every you know part of it. And you're like, ah, Andy's not here. here. (laughs) (laughs) Got to make a quick phone call. He's he's running the show, so he can tell you all about it. But I'm funny, I'm nice, and I'm charismatic. (laughs) Players love me. Yeah, That's not really going to cut it for what we want to do here. I don't know. And I I do think with Eric Biennemi, for some reason, Chief fans get offensive about him not getting jobs, which always baffles me. Yeah, keep – I mean, I was always kind of surprised they didn't get a job, but there was also part of me that was kind of like, hey, uh – Thank you yeah, for staying so here. good, you should want him to stay. Yeah, like, let's just keep the core pieces here and keep building off of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like those Clemson de- defensive coordinator, Brent Venables. I never heard Clemson fans being like, this is bullshit. He's coming back for another year. They're like, hell yeah, highest paid defensive coordinator in the nation. We got him, Stephon. <laughs> <laughs> 
Chief fans are like, eh, this is bullshit. And uh, there's the whole race card. I don't know. I Maybe I just have my head in the sand and don't want to believe that there's still uh, a bunch of actively racist people that are just like, nope, not going to hire you. You're black. Yeah. Uh, which could be true, and I do just have my head in the sand. But I would think if you're really good at the interview process, you've been productive, that you would get a head coaching job no matter what. Maybe yeah. I'm just naive and stupid. But I, it would be interesting to see him get the Minnesota job. Uh, I think we were talking about it in our travels this weekend. And that Minnesota mm-hmm. job is not as bad as I had thought it was. I think we talked about it actually on the podcast last week. Yeah, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, yep. two of the best of their position. You got some decent pass rush. You got a pass rush on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, I think you just need to get younger on the defense as a whole. I feel like they're just kind of old over there on that side of the ball. But, like, you have enough key pieces on offense where you're fine. And if Kirk Cousins is your quarterback year one, I mean, the dudes show that he can help you win football games. He's not going to be the main reason you win or lose, but he's going to get the job done. It's just Alex Smith all over again, which BNB has say, experience maybe, with. Maybe he's more of a bridge quarterback for whoever that new coach is. Maybe that's part of the interview process for Minnesota, too. It's like, hey, we've got Kirk Cousins for one more year. Then after that, we can take a look at some of these other guys. But he's getting paid $35 million guaranteed this year. Kirk Cousins is? Yeah. His like cap next hit, football season? Yeah, for 2022. His cap hit is $45 million. Again, salary cap's not real. <laughs> that seems like that's probably going to be a hard number to move on from. Maybe Washington takes him back for a year and is like, hey, let's see what we can do here, and then we'll franchise tag you twice. Let's just split it in half. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. But maybe a more likely scenario is that he is a, a bridge quarterback for whoever is there. Maybe yeah. it is Eric Bieniemy. I'm kind of to the point now. I would like to see him get his opportunity just so we can put it to rest. Is he a good head coach or not? Yeah, and if he's not, come back to Kansas City and run the offense – in terms of like maybe the running back position, because I think Mike Kafka will be then moved to offensive coordinator, and when Andy Reid retires, he will be the head coach of Kansas City. Mike I, Kafka no, a, has been with Patrick Mahomes since his rookie year. It's a that relationship. Oh, reaction from last night. I already saw a lot of people tweeting about Cliff Kingsbury to Kansas City. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, that's they were in college together, and Patrick Mahomes was okay in college. They didn't win. Cliff Kingsbury can just come in and just be like an offensive consultant and like, you're here, shut up, and let us do our job. Now, another thing to watch for is uh, Patrick Mahomes kind of has to say that every quarterback in the league wants. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to go to bat for his guy. <laughs> you think so? Oh, yeah. If Cliff Kingsbury gets fired, Eric Bieniemy takes another job, I think Cliff Kingsbury will be the Chiefs offensive coordinator. And then he's going to eventually go two, 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 three years. If this does happen, he does go to Kansas. He gets fired in Arizona, goes to Kansas City as an offensive coordinator. That's fine. Matt Kafka just gets a couple more years. Is it Mike or Matt? I've said three different names, I think. Kafka, I, I know, is the last name. Confused. Any point being, he'll just get a couple, you know. It is Mike. Thank you, Brooks, again. Hey, get a little bit more experience with Cliff Kingsbury. Figure out his offense. Like, all right, that's cool. Don't really like this, like this. Take key pieces from it. He goes gets another head coaching job. He slides into OC. Can I just be Boom, the thorn in your side for a second, even though I'm a fellow Chiefs fan? You don't Cliff think it's – Kingsbury goes. He's the offensive coordinator there. Things will obviously go well because you have Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid retires. Cliff Kingsbury takes over as head coach. I think he takes a head coach elsewhere before that. 
No, you want him to. One hundred percent. You know that scenario that I just spit out there. Tell the truth Tuesday. You got me. <laughs> I would hate for that to happen. I might have to rethink about my fandom. That would just be so annoying. I do not want that. I would just hate to have to see the guy and be like, "All right, sunglasses. He looks fine. Takes them off. It's like, ah, fuck. Pick the wrong. Pick the wrong one to look at. Guys, that that's so rude of me. That is so rude of me to say. I don't want it to happen, but I do think that it is something that could be likely. And that even at last night, like halftime, a lot of chief rumors already. And I think that there is something to that because the relationship that Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. and Cliff Kingsbury have, and the say that Cliff King that Patrick Mahomes has. With the Chiefs. I'm just telling you, I wouldn't be shocked at all. And I think it would happen very quickly. You're probably right. Like, whenever Eric Bieniemy is named the Vikings head coach, give it 48 hours, Cliff Kingsbury's offensive coordinator. If he's fired from Arizona? Yeah. Yeah. A lot contingent on a lot of different yeah. things happening there. Hypothetically. <laughs> right. Just, <laughs> I'm telling you, if you're a Chiefs fan too, Something to be on the lookout for. Another thing to be on the lookout for is Miners and Monroe. Go check them out at minersandmonroe.com. Use that code MIKEDUP10. Save yourself 10% off at checkout. You definitely won't regret it. Go over there. Browse the website. So much more than just clothing, uh, shoes, wallets, watches, uh, vinyl records. Pretty much anything that you could think of. It's like a men's Amazon, but no yeah. food. No, Nope, they have beef jerky too. So there's even <laughs> they <there>. do. <laughs> I forgot that they had the beef jerky. Uh, next up, Gunspot. Be sure to visit them at gunspot.com for all your gun and ammo needs. No reserved auctions every single week. They even have accessories for your guns if you are interested in that as well. No reserved auctions, like I said, every single week. When you go to check out, there's no hidden fees. There's no convenience fee. There's no, like, thanks for visiting the website. We'll take 15 extra dollars from you. It's the price of what you're purchasing and tax, and that's it. Also, it's not a matter if, it's a matter of when danger is going to rise. Make sure you're in your position to protect you and your family. You can do that with Gunspot.com. And we've been talking about it for two months now that we're going to cover more NBA and watch more basketball. Mm, we even went and watched the basketball game we last had, week. We forced ourselves into it, and <laughs> now I think I'm pretty bought in. Uh, yeah. I think it's finally happened. I, I see I said, a dunk uh, in the NBA on TV and it's like, that's actually pretty impressive. Yep. It, I was numb to it for the longest time. I saw like eight dunks in the first quarter of the NBA game. I was like, holy shit, this is incredible. Uh-huh. And I always say, like, oh, after Christmas, I'll watch more basketball after Christmas. I didn't mean immediately after Christmas. <laughs> yeah. But now it's happened. It's January. I've been following it a little bit more. And I, I think one storyline that I'm just ready to dive into is the fact that the Lakers are struggling so much. I know that I come across as a LeBron hater. I'm not. But I am I am a Russell Westbrook hater. I don't like him. And He's I kind of getting on my nerves. I like I get joy out of watching them lose games now. <laughs> Which is weird because I that like puts me in the category or at least in the realm of the other LeBron haters. Mm-hmm. I don't hate LeBron. LeBron is doing everything that man can to get a W for this team. But the refusal to play defense by the rest of the roster is just holding him back. It's it's really, like, I feel bad for LeBron as well. Not too bad because he definitely built this roster. But to watch them struggle, the Lakers, I, I've i never really gotten joy out of watching them struggle before. Yeah, I mean, they're sitting here right here at 500, 22, and 22. And it's like, 
I feel like your key players are LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony, the two oldest guys on the roster. Yep. Like, I know Carmelo's coming off the bench, and he hasn't been anything where, you know, he's super productive or making, you know, a huge impact every single night, but he has his moments where he's doing just enough. And I think Anthony Davis has been out with an injury as well, so he hasn't been playing as right. much. But at the same time, like, that's always been the issue with Anthony Davis, is he's always been kind of viewed as like this soft player, very injury prone, and just not physically. He's not a physically dominant player like you want him to be down in the post. And I think that takes away from what the Lakers are best at, and that is being physical, or maybe I should say LeBron James' style of game, being physical, attacking the rim, and then playing inside out and creating shots that way. And having that big guy that can knock down an outside shot, maybe mm-hmm. even not a three-pointer. But Anthony Davis is a very good shooter Yes, as well. He's very skilled. I'm kind of right there with you, though. I would like to see him be a more dominant post figure and just be a little bit more aggressive. He's so big and athletic. I I think he could take over the league. He could be like a Giannis. If he, if he tried. Right. Like, in it's terms like, of just being physical. Too. And, like, you look at Russell Westbrook and, like, everyone – people might hear what I just said. Like, it's not exactly what Russell Westbrook is. He's going to attack the rim. He's going to be physical. He's not going to be scared. That's true, but at the same time, he's almost too fearless. It's like it reminds me when my little sister had a puppy, and she was like, hey, can you house at this? And I have stairs in my house, and that dog just hits the stairs. Like, I don't care if I fall face first. I'm like, this little little bitch is fearless. You got a responsibility. Here's the thing, like, you didn't even let me get to my story. This dog just sees stairs and is like, I'm not scared. Jets right down it. That's Russell Westbrook. He sees an open lane. I'm going right down it. And then about midway through, he's like, I'm going to try and get an assist. Turnover. And it's like, yeah. you're, you're too fearless, dude. Just yeah. calm down for a second. And careless. That's a great word, careless. Mm-hmm. Great athlete. I, there was talk the other day online of, like, who's the greatest um, athlete in the NBA, like John Morant, Russell Westbrook. It's Russell Westbrook. Like athleticism off the charts. Yeah, his, ability, his size, speed, and strength even. Imagine him as a safety in the NFL. I do, frequently. like Or him as a corner. Because I think he's maybe a little bit soft. I don't... <laughs> I, I think that we overrate players going from the NBA to football and just be like, oh, they're going to take heads off. I don't think so because I think football players are crazy, and we saw that last night. Yeah. Buda Baker and Cam Akers. Yeah. Who it seems like Buda Baker is going to be fine. By the way, that was a nasty hit. If you want to dive into that just real quick, I wish they would stop showing replays again and again and again and again. Uh huh. Like show it, take a clip of it, and then post it on social media. So if people want to continue to watch it. They can because I know there's a lot of instances where you're watching a football game, but you get distracted by something and you look away and you look back and it's just you yeah. got a player laying on the field. It's like, oh, what happened? And then you see the replay and like, ooh, don't really want to see that again. But then I feel like there's people in other households that are like, what happened? What happened? What happened? And the camera guy's like, oh, don't even worry about it. I got you, dude. And they just show it like 20 times. It's yeah. it's too much. Don't need to see a guy drop his like head that like one. that, and then the arms lock out, and it's like he's not moving. That one doesn't bother me. Yeah, if it's like a knee or an ankle yes. or an elbow, like something's being dislocated or torn, Snapped. I don't want to see that yeah. at all. I also think that like with the injury thing, with that situation, that should almost be like a lesson. Hey, we te- we tell you kids and youth all the time, get your head out of the way. 
replay it 50 times and show why. Yeah. You need to get your fucking head out of the way. And I even saw people last night uh, talking about rugby tackling, mm-hmm. which is the opposite of the way I was taught to tackle. When I was little, it was get your head across the body just like Buda Baker tried. Like, yeah. don't be afraid to leave your feet, throw your body into them. Now it's, um, you know, put your head behind them. Your head should be near their ass. We don't care if they get an extra yard. We want you playing for 10 more years. Yeah. And I think that the last night was a very good uh, teaching opportunity for a lot of people in football. Of, we don't put our head across the body anymore. Now, That's I wish it. as much as we say that about DBs, like I wish they'd say the same thing to running backs. Like I hate watching running backs run the ball and then like, yeah. they run into a pile and it's just they're straight looking at the ground. Mm-hmm. Like, and even man. last night, uh, Cam Akers, I don't think that he was like – he wasn't trying to be dirty. I know he made a little um, celebration. It almost looked like he was doing the you're too small yeah. thing and then realized like, oh, shit, he got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to stop doing that now. But he – I mean he lowered his head and his shoulder. Mm-hmm. There was no flag on the play for that one. And it, it, was, it was rough to look at. And it seems like Buda Baker is going to be – Okay, I saw he was tweeting yeah, this morning. Yeah, he tweeted this morning, which is good. It and looked. I, I meant to ask because I don't know because I don't follow combat sports. I would assume that if a boxer or a UFC fighter gets knocked out, it's probably just kind of protocol to take them to the hospital. So I think even last night, uh, like there was an update during the middle of the game that was like, uh, "Oh, the ambulance is here; they're taking him to the hospital," which kind of sounds like a big deal. To me, I was thinking that's probably just protocol if you get knocked out. I would assume um, that if Conor McGregor gets put on his ass, then they're like, yeah, by the way, you have to go to the hospital. I don't think they take him to the hospital in that situation. I think they just have medical staff present where it's like, okay, hey, we can treat you in the back locker room. Yeah. For that, like we're, like we're going to monitor like you because like you're we're anticipating you are going to get knocked out. <laughs> one of you two probably not walking out <laughs> of this room like, completely happen, conscious. Yeah, <laughs> in a football game. It's probably going to happen. One of you guys, your brain's going to touch your skull, and you're going to go lights out, and you're going to be laying there, and you're going to wake up to a lot of cheering, and you going, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, <laughs> and you're not fine. And maybe that's just like, this is football guy of me. So many parents are like, my kid's not playing football. And then they go and sign them up for like soccer. Or like, like karate or wait something. Wait a second. Yeah, we're going to do like, okay, so you want your kid to take voluntary kicks to the head. This is Makes equivalent sense, to, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, there was like that McDonald's scare. Like, oh, my, I will never eat a McDonald's again. It's so bad for you. How could they do this to us? I'm going to Wendy's now. <laughs> <laughs> you dumbass. <laughs> it's all bad for you. When was the last time you went to Wendy's? Yeah, like every sport you have to worry about getting injured in. Every fast food place, you have to worry about getting fat. I mean, it's fast food. That's right? the Where's the slow food? And, and there's no, the no sport that it's like doesn't have that risk. I mean, you mentioned soccer. People are like, oh, that's fine. You're using Soccer's your legs. Terrible. It like yeah, because you those head, head yeah. You start heading the soccer ball. I remember the one time I, the first time I did, I was like in middle school, and I was like, ah, oh, I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. After someone kicked it, like, and it's crossed forty yards in the air, I'm like, I'm gonna head this over. I had a headache the rest of the day. I was like, this is awful. Yeah. Screw this sport. And your head game's pretty good, too. <laughs> what? I just... You know, soccer. <laughs> yeah. Man, that threw me off. I did not have a response to that. It's not true. It I don't even... I don't know how to respond to that. Okay. So it's like... All right. I even had to have a talk with uh, my ex-wife because she wanted our daughters to play soccer. Oh, okay. And I was just like, hey, no, not about her head game. Uh, that was... <laughs> 
long time ago. But <laughs> the fact that it is also dangerous. And it's not just like football is the only dangerous sport. Basketball is pretty dangerous. Mm-hmm. I've actually gotten hurt more times playing basketball than I ever did playing football. The amount of people that I've seen just bounce their head off of a gym floor is, mm-hmm. oh, so much. Yeah. Or rolling ankles, tearing up your knees. I've seen ankles just touch floors too. That's been nasty. And like the simplest stuff. I watched a girl twist her ankle warming up in basketball by doing skips. I also saw a girl tear her ACL playing tag. Like, yeah. You always got to look out. I went to a school with a girl who was a really good athlete, like was had like a ton of track scholarships, mm-hmm. and she went for a loose ball, and her foot slid across the gym floor, and she tore her ACL. It was a nasty tear. It wasn't one of those like, yeah, I think she might have done some damage there. It was gross. <laughs> and she, thankfully, she recovered. And, but, I mean, basketball is just as dangerous. You know, baseball, <laughs> baseball pretty dangerous too. Yeah. I know there's a lot of standing around. When you get in that batter's box, there's a lot of wild pitches coming your way. <laughs> and there's no telling. I've been hitting the kidney before. I've seen people get hit in the face. I saw a kid took a line drive to the nuts one time. He didn't come back to school for I a mean, while. I saw a buddy who, uh, in college, tear his whole knee up just on a, a routine single. He just stepped on the bag wrong, like on his little oh, yeah. jog run. And, like, uh-huh. the angle and pressure that he hit it at just, like, tore everything up in his knee. And then yep. career's over with. Had a friend of mine got her cleat stuck sliding into home and had oh. the old, ooh, my foot's backwards now. I had a cousin who did that, sliding into home and twisted her ankle. Broke yeah. her ankle, actually. Yeah, pretty scary all around. Anyway, basketball. LeBron. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what the Lakers do. It sounds like Frank Vogel, their head coach, is – coaching for his job now. Like, he's day-to-day. I think if they lose again, he might get fired. I don't have, like, insider information. This is just what I've read on the line. It sounds not good for Frank Vogel. And I think that if this is the case for him, why not just fire him now? Why wait for another loss? I think it also goes back to, like, how much impact does a head coach have? Yeah. I think best. Specifically looking at a LeBron-led team. How much impact does a head coach have? Again, I know I come off as a LeBron hater. I'm not. He's very smart. Probably the smartest guy in the league. Most athletic guy in the league. But at the same time, how much of an impact does that head coach have? Like, I don't know that Mm -hmm. you're bringing somebody else in or getting rid of Frank Vogel, and then it's like, oh, my God, we're good. It's still – it's going to be an even more LeBron-led team. Yes. Like at, some, at what point do we just call it what it is and make him the player head coach? Or he is the, he actually has that label. It's probably <laughs> it might, not this year. Maybe next year. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like that's maybe what happens. Like you bring – he, I feel like that's the trend of LeBron. You get, you get a coach for like two years or a year. They fire you, bring in a new one, you go to the finals. Yeah. In that year, is it like the coach is like, okay, hey, the, I actually don't really know the team that well. LeBron, go ahead and lead them, and then they're just winning basketball games. So maybe we do need to be giving more credit to LeBron here in these situations. Maybe. I think he gets enough credit, but. <laughs> I mean, if he's the player coach leading him to the finals, shit, why isn't he just doing that already? I don't know what the Lakers need to do. I just It, it sucks that you look at this team and you see who they have on roster, and they're sitting at 500. Well, even like looking at the roster, I think it goes back to they're so old. And when you look at a lot of guys that are on their roster, they don't give a shit about playing defense. And you look at Kuzma, kind of tearing it up in Washington. Chicago. Like, or, yeah, Kuzma and Washington. Yeah. Yeah. 
Caruso uh, in Chicago. Caruso in also Chicago. tearing it up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that like youth guys might not be as good at like the fundamentals of playing defense, but at least you're going to get effort. Yeah. I don't know that you're getting a lot of that in LA right now. Outside of LeBron, yeah, but even his defense of effort, I've just seen too many highlights of like something happened and him not even getting back on defense. <laughs> Just he's pissed. So maybe it's like a man in the mirror situation. Like you know what, I'm gonna devote myself to playing defense, lead by example. We're all gonna hunker down. We're gonna do this. And it looked they played well against the Jazz last night. Held them to 95 points. So maybe it is a little bit of a turnaround. We just haven't seen it fully happen yet. Maybe when Anthony Davis comes back, he has a reputation of being a good defender. I kind of question that, but maybe that's a difference maker. Maybe you get Dwight Howard's old ass off the court <laughs> and bring in Anthony Davis. It is like when you start looking at the roster, you're like, ah, oh, used to be good, used to be really good, used to be really good, and it's like you've kind of found your way here. It's either used to be good or I haven't heard of you. Yes. Yeah. Like uh, the Tucker Horton kid. I feel like people just vary on whether they like him or not. Now, granted, he's averaging 23 points a game and playing 35 minutes, so he's getting plenty of playing time, which is good. But at the same time, like you, you just need someone to step up on this team, and you need Anthony Davis back. Yeah, and it sounds like he's going to return uh, fairly soon. Another guy I wanted to talk about, kind of sticking with this Lakers theme, is Devin Booker, because the other day uh, he started to shut down the comparisons of him and Kobe Bryant. It's like, I'm not Kobe. There's not going to be another Kobe. Quit comparing me to Kobe. Then he goes out and drops 48 points. He's like, hey, bud. <laughs> I don't want to do that either because Kobe's one of my favorite players ever. But it's kind of something you got would that do. Mentality. Yeah. And the the Suns are like the best team in the league right now. The, I mean, the whole reason it started was because they're playing in Toronto. It's an empty arena, and the Raptors mascot is directly behind the basket, like making noise and being a distraction. And he's like, get this dude out of here. So they had to get him out of like the shooting visual of Devin Booker. At first, I kind of laughed, and I was like, Devin, like, come on, dude. Like, don't be a baby. But at the yeah. same time, there's nobody else in the stadium, and you got a freaking mask on one of those inflatable things just sitting there going, Durr. I'd probably be pretty pissed off about what it, too. What are they doing? <laughs> it's a walrus. Yeah. It's ugly-looking raptors, what it is. <laughs> Thank you for that. I needed that. Uh, <laughs> I also think with Devin Booker, it's not like the young Kobe um, that I was able to watch growing up with him, like, attacking the rim. But it's the fact that he can hit a jumper from anywhere. And he does a very good job of creating space within his jump shot. And it's like he gets so high in his jump shots, too. It's what I appreciate. Mm-hmm. It's like every shot is it's probably going to sound weird. It's like maximum effort of like, hey, do my best here. Yeah. But he's done such a good job, too, in like becoming the leader of the Suns. Like the last couple of years, we're like, this is Chris Paul's team. This is Chris Paul's team. I feel like the torch has kind of been passed. Like, this is Devin Booker's team. Yeah, I I think so, too. I think Chris Paul kind of probably sees that and wants that to happen, too. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure that the Suns' management does as well. Like, hey, D-Book, time for you to take over. And maybe he is this year. And And there's also the rumor. I saw Shaq comparing him to a young Kobe. So maybe, like, we're getting a little out of hand with the Kobe Bryant comparisons. But Shaq was comparing him to that, I know I'm going to be a star. I'm going to take over this game. No one's stopping me from it. He I said that about Jaw with Ja Morant a little That's bit. That's cool. Clearly, way different build, yeah. different position, different style of play. But I mean, we're seeing the emergence of him 
as well this season. Yep. There's a lot of really good NBA talent. He Zion definitely needs Williamson. to work on that three-point shot a little not out bit. There. <laughs> Who? Zion. I, don't, I have no idea if or when uh, he's going to play again. Yeah, I said if. I don't know. I don't even feel like I've heard anything about it, to be honest with you. I, I remember hearing that he was going through, like, his rehab stuff, and it was looking good, and then he had a setback. Like, I, I just don't know if we see him play this year. It's crazy. <laughs> and I tweeted about it, like, a week or so ago. I... I I was more of a John Morant fan in that draft than I was Zion because I questioned what Zion was going to be able to do in the NBA. That looked like a really dumb take last year. Now, if we revisit it this year, I think a lot of people are starting to kind of question Zion. He's good when he's on the court. I Could this I be like a Joel Embiid situation where it just takes five years before he's finally healthy enough to play? Like all these just knick-knack injuries? And then, like like MB, like once he gets on the court, it's holy shit, he's an MVP guy. Mm-hmm. But I wonder what Zion's going to look like when he comes back from this injury, and how much he's going to weigh. I think he's still going to be very good. I don't know that you're going to get that level of commitment from like guys like LeBron, who will say, like, "I spend over a million dollars a year on my body to go and get treatment, and I'm taking this supplement, I'm doing this workout." You're not going to get that from Zion. He might be spending twenty thousand dollars. Oh, man, I'm young. Like, just give me another thing of gumbo. Like, come on. The beignets here are really good. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, and no judgment. I I put on a little weight. doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a professional athlete, though. Living life. Um, I can have all the beignets I want and still podcast. <laughs> but if a team's going to pay me $40 million a year and they want me to check in at a certain weight, I think I'm disciplined enough to do that. Make it happen. I mean, most players are, even in the the NFL where they're like, hey, I need you above 300 pounds for offensive linemen. A lot of those offensive linemen would probably naturally be 240, 250, mm-hmm. but they eat like crazy to get to 300 pounds. And they so lift a lot. Yeah. And, you know, there are other guys who it's like, hey, can't have you above 340. And it's like, oh, that's really hard for me to do, but I'm going to do it because I'm going to play in the top. Zion, I <laughs> I hope there's something in his contract that is almost like, hey, you have to be below 300 pounds. They're probably getting close to that. I think it's so like they're going to have to put that stipulation in there. Yeah, I don't know if you can put that in a rookie deal, like his next deal, or if he eventually hits free agency, because I don't think he actually likes New Orleans, and I don't blame him. I would put some kind of stipulation in there about weight. And I don't even know if we're honestly looking at him. I don't know if 300 is the, the number you go with. I think he might already be 300 pounds. Do you think so? He's so big. Man. He's 6'6", so, I mean, he's actually not as tall as I feel like a lot of people think he is. Yeah. I mean, he looks and plays more like he's 6'8", 6'9". But he's 6'6", 280 is what he's listed at. I don't believe it. It's a nasty-looking 280. Yeah, it's... it's I shouldn't say nasty. It's a thick-looking 280. Yeah. Yeah, for a basketball player. Like, um, and one more Memphis Grizzlies note: uh, they played the Chicago Bulls last night. And this clip of Stephen Adams, I'm going to be real to tell the truth. Tuesday, I didn't know Stephen Adams was on the Memphis Grizzlies until Friday. I yeah. just not paid attention to it. Uh, I would have guessed that he was still in Oklahoma City. I think he went to the Pelicans last year in like a trade, 
or maybe yeah. a free agent, and then and he then, signed with Memphis this offseason. Yeah. Like, as I saw him on Friday night, it was like, oh, yeah, I forgot they got him. <laughs> but the clip of him, John Morant gets into a little bit of a scuffle uh, with the Chicago Bull. And then Steven Adams does, I think, exactly what he was brought in there to do. Protect the rim, protect John Morant. <laughs> That's what we need from you. Maybe I have the order mixed fucking up Fucking Aquaman-looking ass. Just freaking pick this dude up. He's so intimidating. The tattoos, the hair, and also that just, like, silently, I'm going to put myself in the middle of this situation, so I'm going to handle it without saying anything at all. Yeah. It, I loved it. I put it on my um, Instagram story even. I'm almost, like, trying to make myself a Memphis Grizzlies fan again. I've been noticing that. I'm trying. I was going to buy a shirt, but we didn't really find any that— Surprisingly enough, there didn't. There wasn't a freaking team store in the yeah. arena. We saw one outside of it, and I thought there would be, like, an entryway into it as well. Couldn't find it. No. I think we I, walked around the stadium twice on accident. <laughs> I, I did love seeing that from Steven Adams, though. And to pick another man up and to carry him away like a child, that's a that's a tough scene if you're the other dude. And the most intimidating part about it, like you said, he didn't say anything. The other is he didn't even look at him. <laughs> like there was no eye contact of like, hey, look me in the eye. We're calming down. It was just like I'm looking right past you. You're causing an issue that needs to be solved. Come with me. <laughs> just come on. You're good. Pack that, it back. You just need to burp a little bit. Yep. That you you find at a bar every once in a while that's just like, you know what? You're out of here. I'm not I'm gonna tell you that you're gone because I think I'm required to. After that, no words. Also, props to John Morant for not just throwing hands because that guy just kept a hold of his jersey and wouldn't let yeah, go. What a After a point, man. I'm getting fucking pissed. And there were evil like people on both sides were like trying to grab the hands and like separate them. Like, hey, quit grabbing each other. Mm-hmm. I, that's it's just such a stupid. Yeah, move. hang on to the jersey. Fuck off, you little yeah. bitch. I and maybe that's because we're clearly both John Morant fans here. <laughs> but <laughs> but I mean, I said earlier that I'm rooting for the Bulls. Like I want the Bulls yeah, to be same. successful this year. Uh-huh. You gonna do some shit like that? Get out of here. Yeah, like, I don't like, want that. I don't want to root for that. Words like if John Morant gets a little cocky and you want to try to humble him, bring him back down. That's fine. Don't do this whole like I'm gonna I'm not letting go of you. Because yeah. even at first he had like his hands around his back and was like. Wouldn't get out of, wouldn't let him go. Mm-hmm. And then John Morant puts the basketball in his face. And then things escalate a little bit. Way to stick up for yourself, Jaw. Appreciate it. Yeah. Wait, wait Good to for go. you. Well, way to take care of business. Also, hat tip to Stephen Adams. Also, hat tip to Club 609. Another one of our great sponsors. Home to the best happy hour I've ever partaken in. Two for one drink specials, $2 draft pours. And it starts at 2 o'clock. And runs until 8 o'clock with all those drink specials. Definitely check them out if you're in the Joplin area. Yes, next up is going to be Downtown Lou. Be sure to visit them located right here in the heart of Joplin, Missouri, off 1st and Main. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. For visit, So visit their website at downtownlube.com for their full list of services. Again, that is downtownlube.com. Also, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when you're going to need your tire service or your oil changed. So get that taken care of here at Downtown Lube in Joplin, Missouri. And it is Tuesday, so that means Tell the Truth Tuesdays. I said it to begin the show. I kind of struggled to think of any. And then, like, I just had a flood of Tell the Truths that I needed to get off my chest. The first one that I kind of thought of as I adjust my mic here uh, was being at the Grizzlies game on Friday the Chiefs game on Saturday, and it really hit me with the Chiefs game. I hate high fives. This is something we got to stop doing as a society. 
<laughs> and when the pandemic hit and they're like, no more handshakes, six feet apart. I'm looking at this and I'm like, hell yeah, I'm on board. <laughs> yeah. Sign me the F up. But then as we kind of go along with the pandemic, I don't know that it's ever going to be over. But being at the, the Chief Stadium on Sunday, something big would happen. And there was a guy in front of us and a guy behind us that were both like, I'm a high five guy. Mm-hmm. I don't want to touch your nasty hand that I don't know where it's been. <laughs> so I'm so anti high five that I got to the point to where I had figured out their patterns of like, okay, guy just in front of me to my right, he's going to try to high five me first. So I'm turning the opposite direction. And then I'm going to purposefully make eye contact with the guy behind me and be like, yay, good job. And I'm turning away from him. I don't want to touch your hand. Like, I'm sorry. Things are exciting and they're happening in the game. I don't need to express that by slapping my hand against your hand. I'm done with high fives. Damn. I even noticed I tried to give you high fives a couple times and it was just like. A little different when I know you. Okay. Still no reason to ever really do it. So don't high five after a touchdown then? No, I don't need to. I don't need to high five okay. anyone, especially a stranger. I I love it in terms of the game atmosphere. Yeah, because it's I like don't. you just build like a little like camaraderie. Ex- like during the game, it's like this is a group of people that we enjoy this with. And the one thing that really threw me for loop the last time we talked about them yesterday was the group of girls that was kind of like behind us and like that entire that's an entirely different story like you would do a high five but like they wouldn't just high five and be like they would high five and grab your hand and it's like i'm not trying to hold your fucking hand like high yeah. five they scored i'm turning back around to high five other people and it's so like know, that really just that threw too. me for an entire loop of that and then they're like i want you to be my boyfriend and i was like whoa ladies easy easy I don't just throw that plenty, one around. Plenty of big country to go around. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> they call me big country because there's enough of me. Wink. Wink, <laughs> wink. But I do. I, I'm I'm awful high fives. I might just have to do like, hey, I don't, I don't high five. One thing that I have been hating lately is when I go to meet people or I see someone I know, do they want to dab up, you know, like fingers, lock up, whatever, like bro hug? Do they want a handshake hug, or is it just as, like, simple knuckles? I've just been going with knuckles. And if I really know you, I'll stick my hand out, and I'll dab you up and bring you in for the bro hug. But I hate that awkwardness if I keep fucking that up lately, and it has been driving me insane. I used to pride myself on not messing up handshakes or high fives. Mm-hmm. It's like I would get in there nice and deep on a handshake. I'm feeling the bridge of your thumb. We're in there giving you a pat on the shoulder. Nice to meet you. Good to see you. Let's move on. Now it's like fuck what are we doing i've psyched myself out and now we messed it up so now it's just pounding knuckles let's move on i used to be very good at reading that hand very quickly of are we dapping up or are we shaking hands and i've been off my game yeah it's been like a year and a half for me since i moved here swear to god well since uh, for me it's been since the pandemic because a lot of people are like yeah we don't we don't do that anymore or they'll be like oh we'll do knuckles now where i don't i don't really care like i'll still shake your hand i don't like to because i don't like to talk to or encounter strangers <laughs> <laughs> just tell the truth tuesday I, I, yeah not my favorite thing i'm a little bit of a germaphobe because every time i shake somebody's hand and it's like the first time i've met them or i don't know them very well my brain immediately goes to i don't know what the last thing you did with that hand was yeah like you could have just come from the bathroom 
and be like me and like I'm not washing my. Uh, that's what I was gonna. I was gonna be like you of all people. That's where your thought goes because you're very adamant on not washing your hands in public places because your body's cleaner than the restroom, which is probably true. But at the same time, carry hand sanitizer in your pocket then, Bob. <laughs> But Put I it on your belt loop. <laughs> but I don't want to kill off the natural like immunities that come. They'll come back. They they always come back. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I think that hand sanitizer it kills like the good and the bad bacteria. bacteria. That's fine. That's just then it's just a fucking hand. I'm a lick a penny guy. <laughs> I'm so, I contradict myself so much. You do, and it. I, I, I don't want to say judging that. It just confuses me because you'll be like, you'll go on these points here and it's just like, but this dude doesn't wash his hands. <laughs> Motherfucker. And he's eating a fucking, he wants to share a pretzel with me. Like, like, <laughs> it doesn't we were in make. Memphis at the bar. We ordered pretzels no and you're just like, we'll share this. And I'm just like watching you rip it apart. And I'm like, well, I'm not touching that piece. Homeboy just went to the bathroom. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, no, okay. no. Uh, I have a very clean wiener. <laughs> you don't even have to. And the thing is, is I'm over here as good enough friend to be like, I believe you. <laughs> I have good hygiene. Yeah. There are some people who I just don't trust their hygiene at all. And I know them very well. And I'm not like, yeah, we can share this. Or, you know, sometimes people will get like a drink at a bar or something. Like, do you want to try it? There are some people where I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if you tell me it's the most delicious drink you've ever had in your life. I'm not drinking after you. Yeah, I don't blame you. There, but there are some people where I'll look at them and be like, I barely know you. Yes, I'll try that drink. 11-11, make a wish. And I'm, uh, I tend to be a little sexist with my germ takes. There are guys out there where I make no fucking chance. Not oh. touching you, not drinking after you. Absolutely not. Meet a girl at a bar, complete stranger, and she's like, hey, you want a drink of this? You bet your ass I do. I don't care anything about your drink. Here's my thing. I'll hit them with that. I'll straight up hit a girl with like, I don't know where your mouth's been. Absolutely not. And like, oh, my God, stop. I was like, no, you nasty. (laughs) Nails look nice. I'm out of here. And she's like, oh, my God, compliment. I'll come talk to you later. I was like, bet your ass you will. That's your big (laughs) deal. Anyway, high fives. I hate them. That's my tell the truth. Yeah, my tell the truth. This is this is a tough one. I thought of this last week, and you're like, you know, if money was an option, what would I do? And you're like, oh, I'd be a lawn care service. This is, you know, I like mowing the lawn. I like hopping on my mower, eating sunflower seeds, drinking a beer, listening to music. And I thought, you know, I've ridden a riding lawn mower one time. One time. One time. And I think I told you guys this story. My dad was like, hey, let's go mow the lawn, teach you how to do this. I was like, all right, cool hop on the mower he had a dr pepper sitting in the cup holder and as i'm driving the mower the blades are not running he's just like hey hand me my dr pepper and he's like walking beside me and so i grab the dr pepper and he knows the path that i'm taking so this is partially his own fault that this took place i grab the dr pepper and hand it to him and then after he takes the dr pepper i look forward and drive straight into a fucking tree like bang (laughs) bang bang is how this situation happens he then goes Yes, and he's like, are you freaking serious? Get off of it. And I'm just like, uh, okay. Like, he's just going to get it off the path of the tree, and I'll hop back on. Never got on a riding lawnmower after that. No. I, don't know how to, I don't know how to start a riding lawnmower. I don't know how to run it. <laughs> I, and after, it was literally from, I was like eight years old. My little brother, five years younger than me, when we, grow up, when we grew up and did chores, he got to do the riding mower, and I had to go do the weed eater because it was dangerous because they were scared he would cut his shins with the weed eater. Oh, really? 
Yeah, so this little dude's just over here fucking revving up the mower beside me as I'm weed eating. He's like, are you done yet? And I was like, no, Jacob. We got more trees than yards in this yard and more trees than grass in the yard here. I got another six to go. <laughs> I, I'm not, like, super experienced with yard work. So might tell the truth. I can't mow on a riding mower. <laughs> you haven't had a yard in a long time to mow. Ever. Since my sophomore year of college, I think it was the last time it was I stayed in the house and had a yard. I don't project project my joys on other people though. So I'm not like, oh, you're absolutely crazy. You don't like mowing. Like you're not a man. Some people don't like it. I feel like I would enjoy it if I had a yard. Like yeah. I that's one thing I pride myself was like one day I want a house with a yard and I'm gonna make sure it's a nice yard. Plants, I'm doing all of it. Landscaping. People are gonna drive by and be like, that's a nice fucking yard. I'm gonna be like, yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, my last one for Tell the Truth Tuesday. I'm over The Rock. Why? Dwayne The Rock Johnson. To me, he's getting a little bit corny, and he's in everything. He always has been corny. What are you talking about? I know, about? but now it's run its course. And so for my last one, Tell the Truth Tuesday, I just, I'm kind of over it. Like some of the movies last night, just kind of over it. That's fair. I don't blame you. My last one is I believe in affirmations. I know we talked about it a little bit yesterday. You said you saw it on my board. It is the affirmation of, hey, I don't chase. I attract. What belongs to me will find me. It's as simple as that. I know it's kind of weird. It's a little giggly. But at the same time, it's one of those deals where, hey, ever since I've done it, it's made an impact in my life, and it's been a little bit of a difference. You can laugh at me if you want, but – it's really helped out, and I've seen a change. I feel happier waking up, say it in the morning, saying it before to go into bed. And it's like that's just the mindset of like I'm not going to chase after things that I want because then if I chase and I chase and I chase and I don't get that, then I'm upset. But if I just continue to build a process and follow that and live out that process with that affirmation in mind, I go into the process of, okay, hey – Anything that happens to me successfully or in a positive manner is because I'm following this process and I have this mindset of it came to me naturally and it came to me because of hard work, not because I was only wanting one specific thing. And I feel like that's something I've really realized since being in this career profession as well is I chase something that I wanted to like just down a certain path. And when it wouldn't work out, I'd get super upset. But then it was like once I came to this mindset, it was like, all right, hey. Come in, prepare for the show, do the show, share the show, talk about it, talk with other people, let them know what you do, and then other things will kind of fall into my lap in a positive manner because of that. And so it's just I can take the path, but it's not, I don't have to follow one particular road that only my mind's on. It's like, okay, hey, here's an opportunity. It's like I can kind of detour my own route and still get to the destination. And I think the affirmation in my mind and my life personally has helped with that. That's a lot to unpack there. Well, you were gone for about two minutes of it, <laughs> going pissed, so I had to just kind of I'd keep take rolling. I pissed real bad. <laughs> uh, I came into the morning and thought I was dehydrated, so it's like, oh, i got to drink more water. Coming off a little three-day bender, I've got to drink I was actually thinking that this morning, my lips are super fucking chapped, and I was like, mm-hmm. I might just drink a gallon of water, but I didn't want that to happen, so I hadn't started I yet. did. <laughs> I did, but uh, you're, I believe in affirmations things. You've been this dude for a minute. This I feel like, like I was, but I didn't want to accept it. Like, I yeah. just was like, you know what I mean? I that's see, like, motivational you. stuff, and I'm teeth. like, that's kind of cool. But at the same time, like, this is something that's really helped me, and this is kind of deep and unraveling quite a bit, is, like, one thing of, like, me 
being me and doing this is just like being honest with who I am as a person and not trying to be something that I'm not. I, I know that's like, that's real deep, but it's like, ever since I've started hanging out with you and Matt, you guys are very adamant on pointing things out and like, no, this is how you are. This is what you do. And instead of me trying to fight that, I got to a point where I was like, I'm actually just going to accept that and be like, actually, yeah, that's, that is how I am. That is how I react to these situations. This is my thoughts and beliefs on that. I'm just not accepting them. That's how it truly is yeah. because I want to be something else. Uh-huh. Uh, it wasn't until recently where somebody pointed out the fact that I'm a very anxious person. And I was like, no. Preach. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm, I usually don't, like, get super stressed out mm-hmm. or stressed out or worked up over anything. And then they, like, started asking me some questions. And I was like, oh, shit. I have, like, high-functioning anxiety. <laughs> yeah. I've, ne- I've always prided myself on, like, oh, no, I don't have anxiety. Yeah. I got a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> but marijuana is healthy. <laughs> 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 like, I'm conquering – uh, that you are a big affirmation, and you're a big uh, speak it into existence guy. Manifest, absolutely. Yeah, manifest. That's, <laughs> I've seen other people say it. You believe it though. One hundred percent. I'm a big karma guy. I'm also a very big karma guy myself as well. I'm also one of those guys where I kind of I'm figuring out what to read into and what not to because. I'm very big on if someone says, like, tries to manifest something in my life, it's like I almost, like, hang on to it. Like, you go to a psych or, like, what, like a psychic or a hand yeah. reader. It's like there were times, like, I would take that for gold. Like, um, uh, bingo. The Chinese fortunes. Exactly. Fortune. And it's like, <laughs> fuck. I, I saw something. I did, like, one of those Facebook games where it's like, click this random simulator and it's going to tell you, like, what the rest of your year is going to look like. And it said – you're going to end the year filthy rich and single. And I was like, fuck. So every time I started talking to girls, I was like, well, this ain't going to go anywhere. End of the year, I'm going to be freaking single. And then it was just like, it, it was like, why the fuck are you putting so much stock into this dumbass Facebook game? And this also hit me on Friday that I wanted to kind of put this in there. It's because when we walked into Casey's before we left for the Chiefs game, there was a guy standing right next to the window. And I thought he said to me, don't go to the game today. Then you tell me that now? I thought he did, but then I just realized he was talking to somebody else, and so I was just like, "Okay." If anybody has ever there, just there's exactly don't take the trip. I'm not fucking. So going. that's exactly where I was going to go with this. It's like I would have been like, "Hey, boys, we're not going to the game." Like this guy for some reason, da 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 da. This and homeless the guy on I, just told us not to, so we're going to listen to him. <laughs> yeah, and the reason I wholeheartedly believe a situation like that is because when I was in college, my roommates thought our house was haunted that we lived in my sophomore year. And it had a creepy basement that it was kind of some suspicious things that you look down and like, I really wonder kind of what happened down here. And they're like, well, let's go get a Ouija board and test it out. So we go to fucking – what's the bookstore? Like Barnes & Noble. That's where we go in Springfield. It's a massive store right off the, one of the main roads in Springfield. And we walk in, and I'm trying to hurry up and find the Ouija board so I can be like, okay, I know where it's at. And then keep my friends away from it so they can't get to it. Yes. And I walk past a chick, and she, like, looks up and make eye contact with me, and then I just keep going. And then at one point, they find the Ouija board, and I look up, and she is looking directly at me, and she just mouths the words, don't buy it. And I was just like, wait, what? And she's like, don't buy that Ouija board. She's like, I honestly, being completely serious, she's like, I don't even know why I'm here. I'm supposed to be at a meeting. I'm running late. But for some reason, I came here, and I picked up this book. She's just like, I talk. How does she word it? The, the type of person like can see dead people and talk to them, they, they have a title. And she's like, I'm one of those people. Clairvoyant? Uh, 
I don't know if that's an individual, if that's what those people are called, but she's like, that's what I do. And she's like, I'm supposed to be somewhere else doing that. And I'm here. And then she's like, look at what I'm reading. And the book is literally called how to handle talking to demons. And I looked at my friend and I said, we're not buying that fucking Ouija board, put it down. And then my friend's like, Oh, so she can fucking predict future. What's my name? She's like, I don't know your name. I just know that if you guys do that, you're going to open up something very bad that you can't get rid of. And it's not going to be good. Please don't buy the Ouija board. I fucking jetted out of the store. I was like, thank you, ma'am. Don't know your name. I'm out of here. And like, that is the, <laughs> the spookiest story I've in an experience I've ever had happen in my life. I would love to be the girl that does that to just random people, though. I think she was serious, though. Like, I don't think she was just like, ha let's fuck with them. Probably, she had no not. idea we were in there searching uh-huh. for a Ouija board. But I would like to do it intentionally where <laughs> I would get that joy out of it to be like, this dude just told me not to buy it. Like, I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> yeah, you would. You would I would. It's I like would that movie where uh, the lying hasn't existed yet, and he realizes it, so he lies to everyone. And he goes up to a hot chick, and he's like, the world's about to end. We have to have sex to save it. And she's like, oh, my God, okay. I don't remember. I think it's like a British guy that he did like the UK office. I think he's the main actor in that movie. I don't think I've seen that one. I remember seeing the previous. I haven't seen the actual movie, but I've just seen the previous, and I remember that clip because I thought it was hilarious. I've always said I would like to stand outside of uh, car washes because once you go in a car wash, one, they're a little bit stressful anyway, a little bit creepy. Mm -hmm. But what if you went into an automatic car wash and you came out on the other side and there was somebody standing there that, like, you've been missing for 30 years. You haven't aged a bit. We're so happy that you're back. <laughs> I, I think for a split second, people would be like, what the fuck? Are you serious? <laughs> but in that, like, just little split moment of, like, is this guy telling the truth? I would get so much joy out of that. And you have, like, uh, you'd have like to put, like, a, a little different. Yeah. You'd have to put, like, a fake backdrop. So, like, when they go through it, it's like, it looks completely different. Yeah. That would be hysterical. That would something that would be on a TV show. Yeah, copyright. I think I just <laughs> yeah. have to declare a copyright on that. That's your idea? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think it would be hilarious. I've always wanted to do that here in Joplin, especially. It would be so – You would catch Joplin. You would catch the one person that's just messed up out of their mind and mm-hmm. was like, oh, no. But I, I also – I honestly believe in karma. I do. Like I try to do good things. And if something like that happens to me that is good, I almost immediately think back – what did I do to deserve this? Yeah. <laughs> so that Same. probably sounds almost as ridiculous as like your affirmation things where like I can look at it and laugh at it, but I'm like, that's stupid. But at the same time, I'm over here full 100% believer in karma. I don't know who has control over it, but I believe in it. Yeah. 100%. And also, super into dream interpretations. Dude, I had a messed up dream last night. I had a dream about the number five last night. And I meant to look it up this morning, but I forgot. But uh, a dream about the number five, and I need to do it. Let's just do it right now. But I'm also into this year I've gotten into dream interpretations because I just have these weird-ass dreams. Dreaming of the number five symbolizes good health and satisfaction. Everything will go as you have planned in the following period. So going to hold on to that one. Put that one right <laughs> Hell yeah, big things are coming. That's the, I've never dreamed about a number before or since I've been like taking note of what I'm dreaming about. It's pretty fun. I would recommend it. It's kind of weird, but also so am I. Anyway, that's, uh, that's pretty much our show for today. Did you want to share any more Tell the Truth Tuesdays? 
I will say, uh, one of the first Tell the Truth Tuesdays that we ever did was me watching the movie Don't Look Up or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I always mess it up. Leonardo's in it. Leonardo yeah, DiCaprio. The Netflix one where I got super paranoid about the end of the earth. Now these motherfuckers want to hit me today from a CNN article. There's an actual asteroid flying by the earth. And when I tell you I'm a little bit nervous about it, like this is back to my whole anxiety thing. This is giving me a little anxiety. Like I've already seen this happen in a movie. Yeah, it's like, oh, they did know. They just haven't told us. They released a comedy about it <laughs> yeah. to get us all prepared. So now I've worked up like a whole scenario in my brain. Oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah. It's like hey, immediately no mellow, no mellow wanna tonight. <laughs> Picking up my daughters from school, telling them how much I love them. I guess we'll go grocery shopping. Or <laughs> I don't know, but it's uh, it's a little weird for me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my last one, we we did a lot of road tripping this weekend. Spent a lot of time on the road. I enjoyed it. I like being on the road, going places, and then reaching those destinations, and like just enjoying that moment. This is another one. Like I almost put like I feel like at times I just. I take things too deep or have too much. I have to find a meaning or like an emotional attachment to something to like fully like experience it or appreciate it. So it was like being in Memphis. It was like, I'd kind of have those moments of like, dude, like look at where you're at. Like you're fucking here in Memphis with your buddies. You're about to go watch a basketball game. This was just spur of the moment. Like, this is awesome. And then we go to Kansas city. I'm like, there's fucking snow on the ground. There's arrowhead. They're in the playoffs. Like, I remember watching this playoff game a couple years ago and how upset it was. Like, look how much fun I'm having here. Like, this is great. And it's just like, I fucking love that shit. And like, and I don't just announced we're going to be going to Dallas here tomorrow after the show. I, say, I hope you like road trips. I'm fucking happen. very excited about that. Dude. Like, I'm so happy. Like I was talking to everyone about it last night. I was like, dude, guess what I get to go do? It wasn't a guess what I get to go do because I hate bragging about shit. But they're like, how's your week look? I'm like, oh, I'm actually pretty excited for this week. This is what we get to do. It's like, I can't wait to be down there and just be like, that's a big ass fucking Evan Neal right there. <laughs> right. That's massive. Uh, yeah, we will be on the road headed to Dallas to check out some draft prospects which will be fun. Then uh, also later this month, we're going to the Senior Bowl. Yes, sir. And we're driving to that as well. So no shortage of road trips. This <laughs> Not month. this month. My God. No. I'm going to come back in February and be like, I'm tired of road trips. Yep. They also make trips better. Use the code or just tell them about us here at Mic'd Up. They will give you $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. It's it's more than Kia products as well, too. Uh, check out their inventory. See what they have. If you don't, if they don't have what you're looking for, uh, they'll definitely help you find it. They have with me every single time. Um, even before, I was like, hey, I'd like to get into more of like a sports car, but like something that can also transport my family. Boom, found me a Dodge Charger. For a great price. After that, I was like, I want to get back into the truck game. Boom. Found me a truck that I like. So definitely check them out at Roper Kia. And again, mention us here at Mic'd Up. They'll give you $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. And Big Country and I will be back tomorrow right here in the call-in app. Again, I think this is the best place to get the show. Not just because they pay me to say that, but it's super convenient. It's live right here, 10 a.m. tomorrow in the call-in app. We appreciate you guys for joining us today.